Hello and welcome to another episode of the Point Forward Podcast. It has been a hot minute, but uh, break down the trade deadline to talk about uh, all the headlines going into All-Star Weekend. We're back, PJ Ultra, we're here. What's going on, PJ? Bun, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so yeah. The, um, the All-Star Weekend descends upon Chicago. And everyone that's coming in will be met with a big snowstorm on Thursday night. And then everyone will complain why All-Star Weekend is held in any cold city ever. Minneapolis definitely got that for the Super Bowl a few years ago. Yeah. I Honestly, I kind of agree with it. Like, if you're going to schedule something cool in Chicago, like NFL draft in April, that's fine. You want to have some sporting event final four in minneapolis uh in march that is even a little bit borderline but you know fine but dang it's january february coming to chicago going to minneapolis seems like a bad idea yeah i wouldn't recommend it i don't really yeah i you know as a proud midwesterner i don't you know i should be repping for it but i completely understand it and like if I were having to cover All-Star Weekend and I was in a cold place, I wouldn't want to have to go to another cold place. I'd like to at least, like, experience some warmer weather. So, you know, but, I mean, if you're going to go to a cold-ass city, I think Chicago's probably one of the best ones you can uh, you can possibly go to. But there's a lot to do. But, uh, yeah, still not great for just, like, moving... <laughs> You know, if moving around from place to place won't be fun, but once you're in those places, it'll be okay. Yeah, and I don't know how cold it's supposed to be, but I would guess that by the weekend, well, it'll, it'll be good. And I just think like some national meet, like some like the ESPN, you know, people that were in Miami for the Super Bowl two weeks ago, and now they're going to be here. Like, you know, it's a similar sort of vibe and stuff in a lot of ways. Like all, NBA All Star Weekend, probably of any of the sporting. Uh, you know, major sports all-star. Like, it is a legitimate party. It's a good time. Like, there's a lot happening around the event. Um, so, like, yeah, to kind of compare the two, it is it's staunch. It's very, very different vibes, <laughs> weather-wise. But uh, we will get to some more all-star uh, festivities later. But yeah. um, let's... Let's start here, man. Big news today. I'm sure that you're very excited. Or was it yesterday that this came out? Uh, Giannis. Some big news with him and his family. Baby Giannis, 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 Giannis is a father. Baby Giannis, Giannis, Giannis. Baby Giannis, 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 Giannis. Daddy Giannis, Giannis, Giannis. No, Daddy, okay, Giannis, that's enough. Giannis, that's enough. Giannis, that's enough. Daddy, that's enough. Giannis, 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 Giannis. Uh, <laughs> Uncle Thanis, Uncle Thanis, Uncle Thanis, Uncle PJ, that is enough. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's very excited. Uh I uh I did see the post about Uncle Thanis too, and I thought that was pretty funny. But uh Giannis's dad, if he if he channels uh his inner Fred Van Fleet, like what numbers are we gonna see him put up in the yeah. next couple of weeks, you know? That's what I my mind immediately went to. 
Yeah, you don't want... Now that Giannis has dad energy, has dad strength, like, he was already a problem to contain in the paint. But, like, now as a father, like, LeBron doesn't have that advantage over him uh, as far as, you know, ability to, you know, outmatch him in a way. Giannis can now equal him in dad strength powers. So, um, yeah, Giannis is definitely leveled up now with the birth of Liam Charles Antetokounmpo. Which, I'll be honest, everyone, I love Giannis. Um, he's my favorite basketball player, but uh, I'll be honest with everyone. I did not see the name Liam coming out of the Antetokounmpo. I did not expect a Liam to be added to the uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo family tree. I agree with that. That was a, a little bit unexpected. Like Liam, but... Liam Charles, it sounds like he should be part of the royal family, not a part of the NBA Greek dynasty. I agree with that. But, hey, it's a cool name. It's a good yeah. name. Liam Charles is sick. You can call it Go as LC Antetokounmpo if you really wanted to. <laughs> oh, he's got some options. LCA. Just form his own agency. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so, Giannis is, is a dad. Quite a... Quite a bomb that he dropped on us. Did not play in the game last night. To, you know, he's on paternity leave. Well, who did they play last night? I noticed that they still won by twenty or so points. They played your Sacramento Kings. Yeah, I think it was uh, tied at halftime. Yeah, the went off. Bucks are good, man. They, I saw. I don't remember who was talking about this, but. I mean, they could win like 68 games. It's, it is d- yeah. in the cards. I don't know if they really – I feel like they will kind of rest up and, and somewhat. I mean, I, especially Giannis. But, um, yeah, I mean, they added Marvin added Marvin Williams here, um, who I guess was very confused by all their WWE uh, warm-up stuff and was not aware that that was a thing. And Well, just um, look at Twitter, dude. That's on him. Yeah, well, I mean, what is, <laughs> I think Marvin Williams has never really had to worry about having to look at Twitter to like, because I feel like most players are looking to like see what like people are talking about about them on Twitter. It's like some way or another. I mean, Katie came out saying he's still got a burner account. Like Marvin Williams, I don't think's ever had to worry about like t- NBA Twitter talking about him. Well. He's made a lot of money in Charlotte, so... That's the only bad. thing that NBA Twitter would talk about. Which, like, if I'm going to have people talk shit about me, I want it to be about, like, being How overpaid. much money you're... Yes. Yes. Yeah. I would... Like, nothing would be better in life than to be, like, overpaid. Or, like, yeah. Being paid too much for a job, I'm, like, overqualified. Like, that's... I'm underqualified for. Like, that's yeah, I mean, it would be nice getting paid max money... And being said that, like, yeah, I would give him more money if I could. I mean, that would feel pretty good, too, but... Yeah, no, yeah, no. You, you definitely like, he makes how much... <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, a good you... sign for, for you and your quality of life if that's the situation you're in. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I want someone to tell me, like, he makes... I had no idea he makes that much money. He doesn't deserve it. Well, Marvin Williams is definitely... Marvin Williams is definitely in that class. He is on the short list of uh, guys that showed out in a contract year and then just totally cashed in. 
Do you know what Marvin Williams' career earnings are? He's probably close to two hundred million. Ooh, wow! You're really high. Really? What is that's, that? I mean, it's one hundred twenty million. I mean, that's a big number too. It's a lot of money. I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking that. A one twenty for him is, is still but pretty if, good. But if I told you he's never averaged more than like fifteen points a game, and his career earnings is one twenty, like that's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's that's pretty freaking good. Which is, uh, Cash those checks, Marvin. Which you could say, Ultra, for a guy like that, it uh, could be high hopes if you're a person like Andrew Wiggins, who, uh, you know, about chances of having a sustainable, like, 15-plus year career and making a lot of money along the way. Oh, well. Wiggins will, he, after his current contract is over, he will have almost $200 million of career earnings. So, yeah, that's... Uh, that's a great segue, PJ. We should talk about Mr. Wiggins and his uh, new team, the uh, Golden State Warriors. Trade deadline, I mean, some of the biggest names are removed. If you're listening to this podcast, you've probably heard about them already. But just to recap and give my two cents on this, because I am uh, I am a Wolves fan. Um, there were, was it Marcus Thompson that tweeted... Uh, the Tuesday leading up to the deadline, uh, that he got to he got to start recycling the Wiggins takes, scrubbing those Wiggins tweets, yeah. And I thought after he then responded later that he forgot the question marks that that was honestly a joke, but then no. Kevin O'Connor and others are reporting like, no, this has been workshopped. If this if this deal happens, it's happening with Wiggins, and. I understand I've seen people saying they love it and hate it from both sides. I guess I don't if you're the if you're the Timberwolves in that situation, I'm not sure what other option you have. And you could you can go back in time to point at other things they had done that is problematic and they should have done things differently then, but if you just look at the situation that they were in going into the deadline and trading for D'Angelo Russell and trading away Wiggins I think it's a huge win, and I think it'll be a good a plus for the franchise. So I was stoked about it. You you and I have different stances on Wiggins, and I think yours. Uh, I don't know how in your heart of hearts you truly feel about Andrew Wiggins. I know you desperately want him to turn out to be like MVP of the league in 2023, but mm-hmm. um, I still think his contract is abysmal for the type of player you're getting, wow. and. Uh, I'm glad that the Wolves pulled the trigger, even if they have a an un, uh, top three or unprotected pick going the Warriors' way in a few years. Well, I mean, when you look at the Warriors' side of it, I mean, they're going to have the future 2021-22 season's uh, most improved player they just acquired in Andrew Wiggins along with the pick. Um, so I think from that standpoint, you have to think it's a win for the Warriors. Um now, I mean, when you put that into consideration, I remember when D'Lo signed with the Warriors and the idea of, you know, the Wolves having a having the hots for him back over the summer and not really having a way to make room for him. It was like the idea, I remember I was talking about like the idea, would you, the Wolves try to trade for him after, you know, that December 14th, um, 
you know, date where he'd be eligible to be traded by the Warriors and where you kind of, you know, any trade you looked at, you're like, well, I mean, the most straight up thing that would make sense would be like Wiggins for D'Lo, but like, would the Warriors go for something like that? Um, I don't even think that was even a conversation, though. I don't think anyone thought that they would. Going into right. this season and going into last offseason, many thought that that contract was borderline untradeable. Right. No, and I mean, like, I think, given anything, I mean, I think the fact the Warriors were able to get a pick of that, you know, with that little protection on it, um, you know, made it worth it. And, you know, from the standpoint of how they position themselves with it, I mean, really, I mean, yeah, so if, if Wiggins can be the fourth best player on the team, like, and I know everyone's made the comparisons with, like, Harrison Barnes, like, I could see that role fitting for him. And if anything, like, I think based on where that pick ends up landing for them, I mean, if it's at five, you know, if it still ends up being, you know, the fourth, fifth pick or something in the draft, um, and, like, I, I, you can make an argument that in that 2021 offseason, the, the Warriors could easily, if the Wiggins thing doesn't work out, package him and that pick again together and move it to a more rebuilding team that would have the cap space at that point would take something on like that. Like, and if that's a part of like a three team deal or some kind to get, um, uh, you know, more of a superstar in there, like, um, you know, more quality player, I think they've positioned themselves to have like the leverage either way. Um, well, and they might have the number one overall pick this next season too. And we right. don't, this next draft class is not touted as being a very good one. So, but, we'll, like, but I still think the the kid out of Georgia, or if they take Ball or whoever it ends up being, like whoever they get wow. at number one is still an asset. And if you yeah. package that together along with this pick, along with Andrew Wiggins, like they have options. I'm not like the right. the Warriors are in a good spot. They're yeah. gonna be. They have options in which they can explore if Wiggins does not pan out. I just am surprised that there wasn't... I'm surprised that they didn't wait till the summer to see what they could have gotten for him. That's what I was surprised by. For D'Angelo? Yeah. I think they were pretty smart as far as their leverage and like how badly the Wolves wanted him. And really, just, if you looked at every other NBA team, like how many real fits were there? Like... This isn't really I, I didn't like trying to do this in a way of like saying Andrew Wiggins is better than D'Angelo, but in truth, like I know you just made the comment about that contract being untradeable, but like the Warriors that the how the Warriors are positioned now and everything like there's way more options on the table with that contract almost as a benefit to the Warriors. And Andrew Wiggins is a piece along with those picks that you could make the argument of like all of that together being easier to move and to have like a good ability to add, you know, a real piece to replace KD versus trying to find another trade partner other than the Timberwolves for D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, you could be right. That's true. But even if that is true, I still like the trade for the Wolves. I don't, if you do not get someone that you could pair next to Cat and yeah. make the situation a positive one. I think 
the second half of the season could have been nearly, I won't say as bad because they had lost 13 or 14 straight games, Yeah. but nearly as bad as it has been recently uh, for the rest of the year. And then you go into the off season with little cap room and few options. And instead they essentially redid their entire roster on the fly, including yeah. getting a point guard that should theoretically work really well with him. And I think that I view that as a good thing. I, I get all the defensive knocks. That's going to be a problem. This yeah. is not a, this is not a top four team in the West. This yeah. is a team that could potentially battle for a playoff spot in coming years. And if they get lucky and hit on some draft picks, maybe something better, but a lot of things need to happen in order for that to happen. Yeah. I think the most positive thing that the wolves accomplished was like, yeah, it's not something that's like turned that the direction of that franchise around immediately. But I think if anything, it, you make the argument that right now it's given them at least a clear direction of where they're going, and like, yeah, you've you've appeased your superstar, and the contracts between D'Angelo and Cat line up, um, in sync, and you know from that standpoint now you have a directional plan moving forward to the net. You know, Gerson has now, you know, has to move and everything he's doing is in the context of building around D'Angelo and Cat. And D'Angelo and Cat have to make that work and then they have to find, you know, the adequate pieces around those two guys um, to do so. Whereas, you know, the Wiggins-Cat thing was just, if you kept moving forward with that in any direction, you were just deciding that every every game that was continued to play with those two guys in the roster together was just the Wolves saying, like, we're comfortable being in basketball hell. Like, there was just, they were gridlocked in there. By doing this, and I mean, the additional overhaul they were able to do, um, yeah, I don't know if any of those pieces, anybody, like, they were basically had this pressure point of, like, they couldn't move any which way. They had to break that up in one way or another and the fact they were able to do all that at the deadline you know do I think it gets them any closer to a championship or like a more of a winning basketball team no but you know post Jimmy Butler like this is the best you know moving forward step they had I think it, I think it makes I think it raises their ceiling a little bit I think that they could be a playoff team if the things with fall this the current right roster, way. no, no, no. But I, I think next year, maybe it, they sign they sign someone with a mid level. They draft someone. Culver gets a little better. Assuming Beasley and or Yeah are coming well, back. I mean, yes. I think I think that yes. team could potentially be like a seven seed. I if mean, they, I think that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So if they are able to, and I'm glad you brought that part of it, because that is the one. Like, the acquiring, if Malik Beasley and Wancho can fit with them, and yeah, then you just, what you described, uh, yes, I think you could make an argument that that team is, if anything, it is at the same level as, like, the Suns. I mean, like, you're, you're matching at least the Suns and... You know, maybe a degree higher than that. Like the tier in between that and 
like the trailblazers. I mean, you're kind of like in that sphere yeah. of of teams in the West, at least. Um, yeah, this did not solve the fact that Carl Anthony Towns just has no desire to play a little bit of defense. I mean, it is really bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, in, in, at this point now, it's like, all right, you got your guy, man. I mean, I'll continue to be the cat baiter of the two of us because, you know, someone needs to be it. Um, you know, at this point, it's. Well, I think. You're either I, a winning basketball me, player. Me, or you're not. me making that comment isn't exactly leaving him, you know, no. saying. I'm not, I'm not singing his good gracious. But you. But as a Wolves fan, you. Right. As a Wolves fan, you need Carl Anthony Towns to be good. And, like, you know, it's the same context of, like, me looking up. I could make the same comments about Zach Levine on the Bulls. Um, you know, it's there's a certain point where there's no more excuses, and it's like you're kind of the the guy here. Like, yep. And you're you're either proving that you can't be the number one option on a team, or you're proving that like, yeah, there's just like fundamentally you, yeah, essentially you can't be the best player on a, a championship contending team is what right. this kind of qualification comes down to. And, you know, Cat not, you know, Cat has been put in that conversation. Um, I mean, I won't forget that, you know, it was three seasons ago now, four. <laughs> is there our first MC, uh, GM survey we did on the podcast when we were talking about, you know, people saying they'd build a team around Cat over Anthony Davis, and I wanted to lose my mind then about that statement and i still you know can't believe it was thought of that way oh it's unbelievable um he's definitely not winning that now didn't win it the last couple of years no there's good reason for it but yeah let's talk about some of the other trades too yeah uh one real drumming to the calves which was the weirdest of all what Marcus Morris and Joel Embiid are currently exchanging in a pushing match. Oh, well. Seems about right, right? <laughs> hey, let's talk about that one. Marcus Morris, straight from the Knicks. Yeah. Uh, he's a clipper now. I didn't really think that was as big of a deal as some. I know he's having, like, an amazing shooting year, but it's with the Knicks. Like, I don't know if he's going to get... He fits that team. Looks. I, uh, yeah. He fits that team really well. I mean, that's a, just a the natural clippers. fit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that I don't think it's a bad signing. I'm just saying I don't think we're going to see him shoot like 44 percent from three the rest of the year. I could see that taking a dip. That's yeah, I mean, I mean, but I I just think like it was more just at needing to add a piece and what they had to end up giving up and all that shit. I mean, I think like it was it made sense to them, right? And like. And it, they got him, and the Lakers didn't. So that was even more for the Clippers. Like, um, but to back to what you were talking about, the Drummond to the Cavs. Drummond to the Cavs, Capella to the Hawks. We have Covington going over to Houston. Uh, Houston officially is being the smallest team ever. Atlanta is trying to become the biggest team in the league. Uh, as as well as the Cavs, it's just uh, some of yeah. these moves are are very peculiar. Like people started giving the Hawks a bit of a hard time. I mean, I, I don't know how you feel about the Capella trade. I thought it actually made some sense for them. I mm. I think that 
I think getting a good pick and roll competent five that can provide some more rim protection with the Hawks and Trey Young, who really can't defend very well. I think that they were lacking that. They didn't really have that in Alex Len and Deadman. Like I understood, I understood why they went and got one of those two. I don't know why they went and got both, especially well, with Deadman having a couple years. And I mean, honestly, he got he got paid by Sacramento. I'm surprised yeah. they took that contract back. Well, I mean, you know, they were familiar with him. They liked Dwight Deadman. I guess. <laughs> I. Uh... Yeah, the whole like Capella coming, like that whole trade. I got why the Rockets wanted him, but I just didn't really understand in the like the doubling down. And I mean, you know, at the time when they signed Capella, I never really got the extension um, and the amount of money because I don't think it made perfect sense. Um, because yeah, what Capella brought them, I did think you could find for cheaper. Um, and like basically service a similar role to what he was doing and play that role. And like, this isn't, I mean, I think Capella's really improved and like grown as a player in some ways, but I do wonder if, uh, like when you look at him as far as like outside of the Rockets organization, I'm not as confident. Like he's the same player. Like I think he was maximized in on the Rockets, and I don't know unless another team really tries, will uh, like he's going to have that same you know role and, and prominent production on the Hawks, right? Like I think his yep. best basketball came from that. The Covington thing, cool, but um, you know it's a, a a piece that replaces what you know I think they've honestly missed since having Ariza, but. Um, I'm not really a thousand percent buying this small ball, like triple down that they're doing with that. Well, it's Russell Westbrook has essentially stopped shooting threes and is just mm. driving 30 yeah. times a game. Which, um, yeah, with Russ and Capella, I don't like that. I mean, that, that was a disadvantage for the Rockets, sure. But I don't know if this direction has changed anything for them. Well, one thing that. I there seem to think that like I understand the knock is like how are you going to go up against teams like the Lakers yeah. and the first team that they played was the Lakers since regular season so it's not a huge deal but I mean so the Rockets did won. the Rockets beat them and then they lost in a buzzer beater against the Jazz uh, two nights ago but it's still and they lost I, to the Suns I think that they're going to be it's going to take some figuring out, but I think that team's going to be pretty good. Um, but they still have they still have centers. Like they have Chandler, who they can play in a pinch. They have that Hartenstein kid who actually played okay. Capella's been battling injuries this year, and he's looked pretty good. Like I'm in the playoffs, it might be a problem. I don't think I think they're still going to win a lot of games the second half of the year once they kind of figure their rotation out. Maybe I. I mean, I think it. I think the trajectory of where they're ending with or without this move is probably the same. Like, maybe they win in the first round of the playoffs. Maybe they don't, and then they probably lose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're probably gonna end up losing to an LA team, just like most of the league. 
but um, yeah, I'm trying to think if what other trades are worth really talking about here. Um, I mean, the Nuggets did not end up making a splash, but they did end up trading um, some picks for a first rounder. Yeah. Ended up getting Napier. They flipped for McCray. Uh, they got which I like Jordan McCray for them. Uh, you know, as a supplemental. I don't know if he's better than Beasley or, you know, all that. I think they just kind of shuffled the deck around some, but um, that's yeah, not Yeah, there's a, bad... a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of that going on. But uh, um, there were some buyouts that are somewhat interesting. You were talking about the Hornets and uh, a little bit already. Marvin Williams, he's getting bought out, going to the Bucks. Uh, Michael K. Gilchrist bought out and going to the Mavs. Uh, haven't seen as high. Uh, oh, um, Andre Iguodala signing with the Heat and the mm-hmm. Heat trading Justice Winslow to the Grizzlies. Who the Grizzlies? They're getting a lot of love on NBA Twitter, but it's worth saying again how how awesome their front office has been through last offseason till now. I mean, yeah, with what they did to land Iggy and getting a first round pick there, and then holding on to him and forcing a trade. It's it's honestly pretty pretty incredible the extra assets that they got that most other teams would not be able to get so they're Mm. they're like i don't know if they're gonna be able to sign anybody and they're probably gonna be with how good jaw's been i don't know how i don't know the next season that they're gonna be like really in the lottery and getting the first you know first couple picks or something but they're gonna have the assets like get someone in there that can play with John Morant and yeah. uh, Jaron Jackson, and Dude, it's, they're good. They're gonna it, be good. It's kind of crazy with the. I mean, yeah, the Grizz. I do think the Grizzlies almost kind of overplayed their hand with the Iggy situation. Like they got a little too cute, but like it still worked out for them. Um, but yeah, looking at that team, like, and just the kind of surprise success they've had. Like they kind of not. This isn't a direct, you know, one for one, but just like for Ja to join that team and and kind of, you know, the thing I could compare it most to was uh, with like Melo's rookie year with the Nuggets making the playoffs, and just like kind of having that early, just right off the bat kind of success, and for them to do that in the West would be kind of crazy, uh, you know, for the turnaround and everything that that roster went through and you look at from them trading Marcus all the Raptors last year and then getting rid of Conley, you know, all that to be like, you know, potentially sneaking in as the A seed in the West is like, yeah, should be at least for that front office. Yeah. be a, a tip of the cap and like interesting to see where they continue to build off of that. Yeah, man. Uh, I was. I don't really know how um, Winslow is going to fit with their team. He's been super injured. Hopefully, he can kind of take a turn for the better and uh, actually stay on the court with them. But you know, he's still the guy that uh, there were. I think the Celtics were offering three first-round picks on draft night to try to draft yeah. Justice Winslow, and the Heat finally let him walk uh, to get Iggy. And I personally don't think Iggy moves the needle as much as some no. might, but no, I mean, he's a good vet. Like, don't he's a good veteran presence to have on the team. He might, he might, 
maybe he'll end up swinging some close playoff games by putting him on the other team's best wing player in the fourth quarter, just super rested. But do I think that dude's going to be playing 35 minutes in playoff no. games and wrecking house? Like, I don't see that happening. No, if you had told me Iggy and uh, Gallinari, they were bringing both of them in together, I would have been way more like, all right, that he probably won the uh, trade deadline, just, you know, with those moves together. Um, yeah, the justice part is, I mean, he just hasn't been healthy. Um, so that's been his biggest challenge. But I think, like, he'll actually does kind of fit, you know, pretty, that's a nice spot for him in Memphis, you know, as long as he can be on the court. Right. Um, all right, dude. Let's um, – speaking of Jimmy Butler, we should touch on this. So I don't know if anything's going to actually come of this, and no. Joel tried to downplay it. But uh, there was – I mean, you, you mentioned him uh, getting in a fight with the Clippers tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a little bit feisty. Definitely some stuff going on in Philly. They ended up trading for – a few piece, a few shooters from the Warriors, but no big moves from them. Um, but that team, clearly something is is not right. Joel yeah. went went to Instagram to voice his displeasure and is apparently viewed as the villain in Philly, which I don't really understand where that's coming from because I'm pretty sure everyone in Philly loves Joel Embiid, so it is a little odd. But what did you think of the Instagram post last night and what the hell that was all about? Well, I think he's getting, I mean, he's been getting some, like, I feel like at a national level, and maybe some of that's spawning from some local, like, criticism of his play the last, you know, couple weeks, and they're just kind of going off. There's that stretch of games when he was out, and they were playing really well just around Ben Simmons, and they've kind of, you know, they've definitely let off. Like, I mean, I think, you know, coming off that Miami game where they just got blown out, um, it was a pretty big game for them and just did not really show up. And he's had some pretty bad performances in some of those losses. Um, so then, yeah, he beats the trash-ass Bulls and then can kind of, you know, put that post up. Um, he got booed before the game tonight from Philly fans. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't think it's anything like they're at the point really. I mean, there's a the talk of splitting up him and Simmons, but... Really, I mean, it's what we're. I mean, I think it's just kind of like that point of the season with this team, and they're, you know, in some ways, kind of what the Celtics were like last year. Um, but you know, they've got to press on. They're just they're going to beat the Clippers here tonight, um, and it's just you know, kind of. The, I think it's just a, you know the effects of a team that was thought of to be a you know pretty big contender and. Um, you know, probably by the fan standards is, has been underachieving this year. I still think that they're going to be, I think they're going to be the toughest team that the Bucks are going to face in the East. Mm. I don't yeah. think they're really going to have problems against them. other teams. Yeah. If they get to face them, I think that that could still be a tough matchup. Just I'm, because. More, I'm more worried about the Raptors than I am the uh, Clippers at this point. I mean, I mean the uh, I mean the the Sixers. Sorry, sorry, I was distracted. I just watched Iron Eagle, uh, 
They just showed a clip of Ian Eagle, who was doing the TNT game. Um, his son is the Clippers play-by-play uh, person on the uh, the radio, and they just showed him uh, before the game, like going up to his son and, and kissing him on the cheek. And I was kind of just like, yeah, love seeing you know dads and sons you know show affection, but I was like in a professional setting like that. I don't know if I'd want my dad coming up and like kissing me on the cheek. <laughs> yeah, I'm more of a hugger in those types of situations. You know, you do the one arm hug, that seems appropriate. A little bro hug action. Anyway, yeah, I um <laughs> No, not important at all. Yes, whatever. Uh we should so the Knicks the, other than the Morris trade, they were There's pretty quiet else. at the deadline too. But they did have a very interesting play firing their GM, but keeping him on the Knicks staff and playing a role to some degree with the Knicks organization. Steve Mills is fired. Leon Rose is apparently the new head of basketball operations. Bringing in World Wide West with him. But then that was downplayed too. Was that ever confirmed as like that is officially happening? Okay, because I... That was reported by many, but then I think Dolan came out and said that they were still looking. So I don't, I don't really know where that that is. As Once of again, no one knows Tuesday, going February eleventh. But uh, did think it was questionable when you're trying to trade many one or short term c- contracts. Uh, you'd think you'd want someone that knows what they're doing trying to make those trades happen. But you know, Maybe. what are you gonna do? Who's to say, Ultra? I mean, no one's asking us to run that team yet. So, um, yeah, the Knicks are just continuing to kind of be a hot mess. Um, we'll see if this regime can be any different than the previous ones. Um, the Knicks have decided to run the model and steal from the you know, Warriors and Lakers of having agents now run their basketball ops. So, we'll see if the Knicks can, uh, you know, make that happen and make it work uh something tells me it's not gonna work (laughs) (laughs) narrator it didn't work yeah 12 years later it didn't work the knicks are their 12th new regime yeah they're actually there's no way in shit that that will go 12 years it will it will go south a lot a lot sooner than that but um well let's talk about all-star dude let's uh this is going to be a fun weekend. You said that you're going to go watch uh, a live Woj pod this weekend, but is that the only thing that you're planning on checking out this weekend, or are there any other all-star festivities? I'm guessing are like it, from where you're at in Chicago, would you even be able to tell? Like, Are there signs? Like, Is it being yeah. advertised? Is there shit, like extra stuff around uh, the United Center, like, what's the the vibe of the city right now? Yeah, I mean, there's been a ton. I mean, there's a ton of, um, like, billboards, and, like, there's been some, like, additional, like, kind of stuff to, like, signify at the All-Star Week. Yeah, so it's definitely clear the All-Star Week is coming here. Um, I Yeah, as far as events and stuff, it is kind of sprayed throughout. I mean, it's somewhat near the UC, I think, uh good chunk of it's like in the river north area which is a little um you know for those familiar or not with chicago it's kind of just in the direct north 
part of what you would think of as like downtown of like Millennium Park, Sears Tower, everything. Um, and it's kind of feeding into, you know, Lincoln Park, which is a little farther north, probably at most. But um, there is there's stuff, you know, around, um, I think a lot of the TV partners like ESPN and uh, I mean, Turner, like they're going to have their own sort of different um, things set up as well, like just from a standpoint of like stuff popping up. So I haven't like really committed to checking out or done really enough due diligence on anything specifically to, you know, explore outside of, yeah, having someone that had a Woj live podcast connection. Um, <laughs> we'll get a go see what that's about. Scout at the competition. See if I can uh, intercept a Woj bomb or two from them and break some news myself. Steal some of Woj's sources. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would be, I mean, also Regan's super cool. So, I mean, I'm definitely tempted to try to see, uh, you know, what else can happen. You know, maybe there's a pop-up that's going to show up that I can snag some of those uh, Monstar LeBrons. <laughs> I saw those. Those are wild. I want them. It's a big two, you, next two weeks for shoes here. Or this weekend, big shoe weekend. What else is coming out? Those off-white Jordans. Oh, I saw those. I'm I deleted, I deleted every sneaker account I follow because I am trying to not buy any shoes. So, so. I'm staying away because all it takes is just seeing one that looks great, and then it's like, all right, well, I'm gonna buy. <laughs> yeah. Those are those are probably the only two I have my eye really set on to maybe to go after. He's put you know my hat in the ring for. But yeah, man. I mean, also weekend's fun, man. It's a cool, cool weekend. Um, always. Um, I feel like my, um, you know, how excited I am or anything around it has sort of you know come and gone. But it is like always a. Uh, I would say like for just a you know February night thing or whatever. I mean. Like our Sundays, you know, around this time, there's always at least like one kind of headline thing. You know, Super Bowl two weeks ago, then we had the Oscars last Sunday. I mean, the NBA All Star game, I kind of, at least in my world, kind of put in that same regard as like it's it's nothing like you know super um, you know high worthy or it's it's a super entertaining just event um, every year. Um, no matter what, what you want. I mean, I have my opinions on how they could for- change it to make it more fun, but, like, it doesn't really stop me, and they're not going to do They haven't done anything to this point to deter, like, you or I, I feel like, from consuming it still. No, and I, I understand why. Um, I understand the criticisms of it, and some people literally just don't even like watching the All-Star game itself. I still really love watching it, um, even though it can be. There are periods in which you're like, okay, I've seen enough, but then some really dope shit will happen. And every once in a while, you get a great fourth quarter where it's actually close and they actually Whoa. care. Uh, they did. We we have not talked about the proposed changes. I'm not going to rehash them all here, or the not the proposed changes, the changes that yeah. they made. But everything is more broken out by quarter this year. Yeah, uh, they're doing a lot of cool stuff for Kobe. Um, yeah. and, uh, his daughter and 
that's all great. Maybe it'll maybe it'll be better. But I'm I still excited it, to my, just kind of see how the how it goes. My last prediction is I think that because of all that and like yeah the format changes and like the charity side to it, I do think like for the fourth quarter will be more of and maybe it'll just be this one year with the kind of um, just with the tragedy around Kobe like that hanging over this thing so much that these guys are going to give a little bit more of an effort um, so I do think like you might get back to like the 90s and you know early 2000s of that like you know three quarters of messing around within the fourth quarter like both teams are like trying to go at it and like it, it yeah. did have some meaning to it because that for a while was the you know whoever's closing out that game like that mattered and like those were guys were you know going at it a hundred percent in those you know closing minutes. Yep, I hope you're right. But who's your? Um, I'm not going to rattle off everyone that's in the three point and skills competition, but dunk contest, which is always my favorite. Pat Connaughton, Aaron Gordon, Dwight Howard, Derrick Jones Jr., which actually is pretty good. I really wish that Ja would have been in it. That would have been great. But Pat Connaughton, I think, is actually like low key, like a great dunker. Yeah. <laughs> and Derek Jones obviously is. Dwight Howard, I don't really know what he's capable of anymore. But you have the Superman year where he went crazy. Um, and Aaron Gordon was part of a top three dunk contest of all time. So I think it's going to be pretty cool. I'm stoked for that. My, I think Aaron Gordon's going to win, it. and he has to be the favorite. Yeah, I, yeah, we'll see. I the dunk, I'm probably skills wise stuff. I'm a little like under hyped on like some of that. Like I'm more hyped, I feel like, for the actual game this year than I am for um, you know Saturday night stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm interested. It is kind of yeah, Dwight and Aaron Gordon like removed a few years from there. Um, you're winning it, but. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I have no, I really have no opinion on like who is gonna do what in that. I just hope someone pulls a John Collins and tries to fly a plane Hells like last yeah. year. Do it. Let's let's get some good Twitter content out there, if nothing else. But let's uh, move to shoutouts, dude. What do you have this week? Uh, only major shoutouts. Uh, I had was I wanted to shout out so yeah Dwayne Man was on the uh, Ellen show and was discussing um, his uh, um, kid uh, so his was son Zion who is um, part of the LGBTQ um, community and uh, has is now decided to go by Zaya and identify by the, the she and her pronouns and uh I mean, him and Gabby Union have been, like, just, I think, really good spokespeople and, you know, around this and, and just, like, just from the, like, idea of, like, the, the parent angle of it and supporting their kid, um, you know, giving voice to her and, like, what she's going through and, and just, like, making that decision and just everything around it. But I just think it's their approach and, like, openness about it I think is like a really refreshing and like from the standpoint of like for any fam- you know families that you may know or whoever's you know going through that of just like a really 
you know, sensible and, you know, it isn't necessarily uh, an issue where you point to their influencer, um, you know, their means that like, oh, well, it's easy for them to say because they have this or that. Like it's, it's, I think there's a lot of lessons that they're displaying on a very public and honest front that like a lot of people can, um, you know, pull from and understand the issue more and like really get at it from a, a standpoint of like if your child came and like you know presented this to you and, and said that this is how they felt inside and whatnot so um you know i guess i've always i've kind of really observed it you know and it's just they've, they've kind of shared zaya's story slowly and surely and i think in terms that are appropriate when you're dealing with you know a 12 year old kid um but still you know something that I think uh, has been interesting, you know, I think to watch and like is, uh, yeah, just like a cool, like good story and uh, overall. And the only other shout out I have is uh, on, uh, to James Johnson. Um, one piece we didn't get to talk about the wolves is the team picture they had. Um, <laughs> and it's, you know, we able to tweet it out with the uh, episode here, but, uh, of all seven of the new Wolves players, but kind of goes through a descending of like probably happiest to be on the team, the least happiest. And if you zoom in on James Johnson, he does indeed look like a guy in every which way in his expression in this photo of a guy who was traded from Miami to now be traded to play in Minnesota. <laughs> I think he's actually kind of happy though. I mean, at least watching him his first two games as a Wolf. He's actually playing. He didn't yeah. get to play with Miami. So I think, but the photo is hilarious. Definitely go look. Go to Timberwolves' Twitter account. <laughs> scroll down until you find the announcement. It is ridiculous because Wancho and Malik in particular were like, hell yeah, like, I get to play. Like, let's go. And then the Warriors dudes especially and James Johnson were just like, damn, West Coast, Miami, like, it's February, dog. Like I should not be here. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, the only the only shout out I have is to Baby Nut. That's the last one. The, the oh, yeah. Baby Nut. You're a fan? No, I'm Okay, good. Uh, my uh, my shout out. We didn't get to talk about the Kobe passing, and I don't want to rehash a lot of this because it was. It's really sad. The whole situation is terrible. And that was a few weeks ago now. But I would kick myself looking back at having a basketball podcast and not at least giving my two cents about the whole thing. So uh, I you know, live in Minneapolis, big to rules fan now. Grew, growing up, though, this is in the middle of Lakers dynasty when I was in middle school leading into high school and stuff. And Shaq was always my favorite player, but Shaq is – not exactly one that you can emulate very well because you know he's a monster he's seven feet tall he's regarded as one of the most dominant players to ever play and you know i'm i'm 511 i'm not going to be able to do stuff like that and not to say that i could do stuff quite like kobe could but kobe was kind of like the guy that you when you're going to shoot out on your in your front driveway that you were like i'm going to try to pull some shit like he did and not that, like again, not that I was ever able to do anything quite like he could. 
but it was always like the first NBA jersey I got was a Kobe jersey. He had some controversy throughout his career on the court, off the court that was not great. Uh, made you question some things about him, but in the end of the day, he was like one of the best competitors and one of the most fun guys to watch. And it was so shocking when that happened. And when I saw, started to see tweets that it was going down and the crash and all the details behind it. And it's just really sad, but I feel lucky to have grown up watching live basketball, watching live NBA action when he was playing because he was unlike anyone else that I watched play. Yeah. So shout out to Kobe Bryant. Shout out to um, GG. GG. Shout out to everyone that was in that crash and yeah. Like for a day, I, I there. I cannot think of another event quite like that that seemed to grab the attention of and change the lives of so many people, even if it's just for a day. And that was pretty yeah, wild dude. to see, even if it was for such a terrible thing. Yeah, man. Dude, I was in real funk for it for the whole week, I think, up until the, uh, the Lakers played. Um, and, you know, their memorial and the, everything they had with it. But, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to do a podcast before it or, you know, sooner. But I was like, I just couldn't really get up and, like, put the words into it. I still don't know if I can. Because um, I think, you know, sentiment a lot of people had. And it's like, a, it was like the impact, I think, that caught a lot of people is, like, not being the biggest Kobe fan. Like, Kobe was never my favorite player. Um, you know, and I think the Jordan emulations and like growing in Chicago, like not to say I had like all the distinct, you know, Michael Jordan memories, you know, as some people had, but like, so, I mean, Kobe Bryant was closer to, you know, the Michael Jordan experience for us and me, you know, than what I actually got to experience in my life with Michael Jordan specifically. Um, but yeah, you know, it was like a, you know, Trace McGrady, Kevin Garnett, you know, and then into LeBron's, you know, fan of, like, favorite players. So, like, Kobe never – and then even Shaq. I like Shaq more and, like, everything around that. Um, but at the same time, like, I think anyone that grew up loving basketball, and, like, there was never a point where Kobe Bryant wasn't in your conversation, wasn't a part of it. Um, like, I cannot think of a time in my life where, like, a basketball conversation didn't come up that didn't in some point involve Kobe Bryant, you know, whatever context you're talking about, just in like the overall history of basketball, like Kobe Bryant has such a stamped out mark on the game more than, you know, not many players can say that, um, you know, sad that we never got the LeBron Kobe, you know, finals, um, and yeah, what you thought of him as a person, whatever. I mean, I think he had a lot of faults and I think people have addressed those things, you know, kind of coming out. And I think fairly, um, you know, now we're a couple weeks removed, like looking at his whole life. But um, just the surreality of like LeBron passing him and kind of like getting that live, you know, testimonial memorial of him. And, you know, his last tweet is congratulating LeBron on passing. Like, it just was, like, all that kind of layered. 
and then like the fact that he was with his daughter you know those last moments and just like focusing on that like i mean dude i i probably cried like four or five times like throughout the week just like you know thinking about it um and even now like you just kind of like still wrapping your head around like um it's uh one it will be something i'll never forget like where i was everything with it i was in i I agree yeah i was in a school full of other kids like for uh girlfriends uh at a school event for like they were raising money for like kids cancer and stuff and like so like the part of like his daughters being on there and stuff i was like oh man i'm like i need to get out of here like this is just yeah it was too much it was an overwhelming that's like not even like you know not as a parent thing it's just like oh man like just thinking about that so i mean it is uh truly one of those like unforgettable you know news type events that i think no one you know whether in a basketball fan or not will like forget for a long long time nope i i could not that is a a great example of just like i wasn't even in a situation like that and felt very just not sure how to react and it kind of it more than anything like just all the the terrible effect it has on those families and how sad the entire situation it is but it also if there was a guy that you thought i mean this has been said too so i'm recycling it but if you thought there was a guy that was going to walk away from helicopter crash it was going to be kobe bryant yeah and that didn't happen and it just it's very sad so i i I wanted to end the pod maybe on a bit of a somber note but i had to say something um but nonetheless uh on a happier note all-star we get a little break from nba uh you and i will be back and we'll we'll wrap up all-star weekend and talk about uh more nba stuff once gameplay picks back up man bang 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 all right thank you everyone for listening we'll talk to you soon